we're not gonna discuss the pain for an abortion <laughs> please cut talking about that but he supports uh women's reproductive health i guess great funder of that Peter <laughs> kane pro-choice king <laughs> The Broadscast. Broadscast. Broadscast podcast. Sam Chang. I'm here for her takedowns of fools. Georgia Twist. I had a moment where I thought that's not his name. I'm going to redo that. Danielle Huntley. Fuck you, Sam, Vanessa Yang. Jing. Vanessa's entire purpose to make me feel old. Expert wag reporter Mallory. I don't like to be bamboozled. Vic actually just got the sweatshirt that says Mock Girl Summer. This is our impact. Our impact. Hello and welcome to this week's chaotic episode of the Broadscast. Thanks for joining us, your local hockey girl gang, here to talk to you about all sports, sports culture, and whatever's going on in our brains today. And I'm your host, Danny, this week, joined by Sam, Vanessa, and Mallory. So let's kick it off with our highs and lows. For like the fourth week in a row, I have no lows because I have self-selected out of out of reading shitty messages for the last little while. Um, or I read them and I'm trying not to fixate on them. So there are no lows. I have a lot of highs this week. My first high is this is this is a counterpoint to the weirdo who like called Danny at work to complain about her tweets because that was fucking weird. So the contrast is I had someone in my office email me with the subject line, the broadcast. And it said, hi, Samantha, my former boss, who is a male lawyer in Vancouver, messaged me and wanted to make sure I tell you that is that he is a huge, huge fanboy of the broadcast. He claims to be the biggest fan. So that was really fun. And then my other high this week, which I really enjoyed, was the number of people who have been tweeting screenshots of us being their most listened to podcast on their Spotify wrapped. That has been a lot of fun. And I have really enjoyed that. I think there were a couple of people who listened to nine straight episodes of us in a day. And um, that's incredibly impressive. (laughs) I commend you on your ability to listen to us talk for that long. So thank you guys who have been sharing that. Thank you guys for listening to us. And if you're new, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Um, leave us a review. Leave us a five, leave us like the little five-star thing. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. So this week, uh, the biggest star of the week was Sarah Fuller was the first woman to kick in a Power 5 football game. And for those of you who don't know, uh, she plays in the SEC which is the most uh, powerful division in college football. Um, You will probably know Alabama, Roll Tide, that's where they play. So she is a goalkeeper for uh, Vanderbilt and she's amazing. She um, has actually even like assisted on some crazy set plays off free kicks. So, and yeah, she just has a crazy foot. So what happened was one of the players on Vanderbilt, uh, he got uh, COVID, so she had to come in and replace him and she actually got to kick in the game she uh didn't kick in the first half but to start the second half she uh, executed a squib kick and kicked it 30 yards and the coverage team went right where the ball went and they 
got zero return on it. So she executed it flawlessly and did what she was supposed to do, which is amazing. And um, obviously she did get a lot of hate online, which was disgusting and terrible. And people, it really bothered me a lot when I saw people saying that she kicked it wrong or the kick sucked. Yeah, it looked unimpressive, but that's exactly how it's supposed to look. And I'm just, I just hate people. I'm sorry. But she's gonna keep kicking for them. She's staying with them for now. And um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. And I think that more women should kick if they can, like Carly Lloyd, she's kicked a 55 yard field goal and um, she's on a tryout for the Eagles. And she actually uh, could have pursued it more, but at the time that's when the Olympics were happening and she plays on the US women's national team. So that's where her focus was. So I think it'd be cool to eventually see her in the NFL try and kick. And oh, one really cool thing about the Sarah Fuller thing was at the half, she actually called a pep talk and like fired the, the team up in her first game ever before she even kicked. Yeah, she told the guys like get their heads in it and like start acting like better on the sidelines and stuff. So she's a badass, we love it. I really enjoyed um, how upset so many dudes got about her playing. Like so many for days. And the best part were like the comments about how she, like, oh, women are biologically smaller and she's going to get injured and it's like she's like 200 pounds she's 12 pounds lighter than Adam Vinatieri like do you sit there every week and you're like oh Julian Edelman's so fucking small he shouldn't be in the NFL like shut up uh, Mal did you want to talk about the title X okay yeah I didn't know if you were gonna say something uh, I, don't, okay. I don't know if, like I don't, I'm yes I don't know I'm not the best person to I feel like for okay. that yeah and I mean it does definitely raise the question of like why sports are gendered like in a cutoff way and also if that's like valid and people obviously were talking about how um Vanderbilt some dumbass like tweeted he was like does Vanderbilt not have like a men's soccer team and it's like they no they don't you could have googled that and also like that doesn't mean she's not the most like qualified for the position but I mean, the thing is that with Title IX in the U.S., it is, like, very, like, misunderstood often because um, a lot of the parts of it, like, are allocating resources. And so since football is such a huge sport, it kind of makes it so other men's sports do get cut in the, I guess, kind of, like, aftermath of it. So since like a football team is going to have so many players, you're not going to, and there isn't an equivalent women's sport kind of that has such a huge like team. That's kind of why so many schools have more women's options, I guess. And I mean, Title IX doesn't actually apply exclusively to sports, even though that's usually like where people talk about it the most. It is just like a federal civil rights act. And it is about just like, just promoting equality in education in general. And I do think that, I guess, in like a situation where women are the most qualified for the position, it is like correct in whatever for to not like segregate it by sex. But I think that since we still are at such a point where women's sports 
are undervalued. I think that moving towards having them just be a single entry doesn't actually like have the same progress. Moving towards like maybe the WNBA not being like a sideshow rather than having like one or two members join the NBA. I guess that I feel like that would be more productive. And obviously, but like elite athletes in general is kind of where that situation actually lies about like biological difference or whatever. But because that's like the majority of that's bullshit and you can like go into like all of that. But that is a situation where like you're actually maybe going to have like a situation where like they are both at their peak, but I don't know. So I feel like you don't need like youth sports don't really need to be that way. Let more little girls play football. Actually don't because they're like, it's a very dangerous sport. Megan Trainer actually uh, played football and she was the center um, really? growing up yeah, on a, on a guy's team. That's yeah. awesome. I agree with that. I think that um, there are two things from that that I, w- I wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, the first is I, I agree that overall, I think with the way sports are currently structured, it, like Mal said, it makes way more sense to just stop treating women's sports as secondary. Um, and that kind of came up again today. Um, obviously the WNBA has been a really good example of that all the way through. Then the other thing that came up today, which is Wednesday, the second, um, was two of the players from the men's hockey team at UND took a knee. Um, and it was covered by like so many kind of mainstream hockey media reporters and people who regularly cover women's college hockey were like, well, I think the university of New Hampshire did it last week and they basically got no attention for doing it. And that's pretty much the same thing that's happened with the WNBA in terms of social justice issues is that the women's leagues tend to be way more advanced than men's leagues on those issues and they are the leaders on it, but they never get the credit or the recognition for it. Um, And that's just, that's universally the way that women's sports get covered. And it's really frustrating Um, whether it's about kind of their personalities, the things they do um, off ice, off the court or whatever, and their performance on it. Like women's sports are always treated as secondary and that's ridiculous. And then the other thing was, um, I think the problem with the way it's structured is that sports, as we think about it now, especially professional sports, have been built to be gendered. If you started from youth leagues without that distinction, ultimate is a sport that is really like equally treated. And all of the arguments about men being better athletes or like more physical biologically and all of that, like that should theoretically apply to a sport like ultimate, but because from the beginning, they structured the rules and the way it's played in a way that was meant to be like gender neutral. It's never been a sport that is like women's ultimate or men's ultimate. Like your teams have to be mixed and that's part of the rules and it's super inclusive. I do think that it's interesting and just how like things have developed, how different sports like play differently along gender lines, like men's soccer, and women's soccer is not really played the same way like it is but it's like they don't have like and especially obviously with men's hockey and women's hockey like 
they're not played in the same way. And so that is like another situation of it being split since youth. Um, because obviously like if you're playing, that's not going to have that same split, but women's soccer is more entertaining than men's soccer. I'll die. Men, women's so. soccer is so much more entertaining so than much, men's yeah. soccer. Mm-hmm. So and, much more. Yeah. Tennis too. Women's tennis And that's not awesome. just because Arsenal's women are a lot better than Arsenal's men. <laughs> Same with United. <laughs> All right, so this takes us to the vroom, vroom, zoom, zoom, F1. And there was quite a frightening, horrific, fiery crash. Did you, were, did you like get up? Because it would have been six. I was watching uh, Manchester United, so. I oh, okay, so you were, you were up, but you were just watching yeah. other things. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, so the Bahrain Grand Prix um, was Sunday, and this was literally in the first lap. Like, I think it was like turn eight or something. Um, it was literally just like slightly like veered. Roman Grosjean, he's a driver for Haas, um, which is the only American F1 team, fun fact. Um, and he, Basically, the way he like hit the barrier, his car split in half, which is so was horrifying to start with, like pictures of that. And then because it's split in half, like the fuel cell is in the middle of the car. And so like it almost immediately went up in flames. And he and like he escaped with minimal injuries, which is incredible because when I saw it like I legitimately thought that like I was like fearing for the worst it was so huge and um he's really insanely lucky like it's incredible how lucky he is like all of the regulations that the FIA really has put in actually like they it was like a horrifying crash in like the worst possible situation but all of the things unfolded how they were supposed to like they implemented the halo recently, like a couple of years ago, and it made it so his head didn't hit the barriers. And it was like something like 50 Gs of like impact. And so basically the halo hit the actual metal barrier and that's in place. And also they recently instituted a new heavier like suit that is flame proof for 20 seconds as opposed to 10. And the gloves are still on 10. And he basically escaped only with like burns on his hands, which obviously, because he had to unbuckle himself and there's like six different seatbelts or whatever, could have been very bad, could have been horrible. And so it's very good that he is safe. And he actually just got discharged from the hospital today. Um, and he, yeah, obviously he's not driving in the one this weekend. I don't know if he'll drive in Abu Dhabi because one of his hands is really messed up. And obviously you need control of your hands, but. I didn't see it live, but I saw like highlights after. And like, I a hundred percent was like, that dude is dead. Like, I can't believe they're, sh- they're showing a highlight where the guy is dead. Like it was terrifying. Yeah. yeah seeing him emerge, like you're just watching the guy with the yeah. fire extinguisher. And then all of a sudden through the flames, he comes like hopping over a barricade. It's wild. If you haven't seen it, YouTube it. 
it'll be obvious. Well, and also this driver's, obviously there was a red flag because they had to fix the barrier and also um, do all of its situation. But some drivers like Daniel Ricardo was very critical over the replays of it. And like Sam said, because it was such a horrifying crash. Um, but also they were like replaying it for pretty much like the entire like 45 minute red flag period. And those men had to get back in a car. And it's like, they have that knowledge every single day that they could die, like obviously. But when you see it like happen, like in your rear view mirror, and you see it happen to like one of your peers, it is a lot more jarring. And like, it was kind of, I definitely thought it was off color for them to just constantly, every single angle possible, show you this. Cause it's so scary. And like, I was sitting in my house, not having to get to the exact same thing. They also didn't, they also, I guess, have some like protocol on like etiquette which obviously they weren't very tactful in this, but they didn't like say anything until they knew he was okay. Um, and like, didn't like replay anything. So you just saw like this thing go up in flames, but that just kind of added to like it, it's horrifyingness. I don't know. I was just gonna say, um, I was gonna take us to the next. There, there's continued, oh. honestly. Uh, so you may have thought since the constructor's title has been decided for weeks. It has been inevitable that Lewis has been crowned world champion again. You may be like, why are these races still happening? For fun. And um, also, but it actually is going to be entertaining because they're, unfortunately, um, Lewis Hamilton tested positive for COVID-19 on Monday after winning a race on Sunday as well. He only has mild symptoms though. I mean, it's it was like a situation where he had, he had like tested negative a bunch of times and then somebody had he had come into contact with had tested positive so we got another test anyway so they had to have a shuffle and every single person with a super license was online trying to get mercedes to let them drive the mercedes a super license like you have to have to drive a formula one car there's like various qualifications but all these people were really wanting Lewis to see. Um, and they went for a very unique route, which was George Russell. He is a driver for Williams, which is a shit team. They are not good at all, but he's also a Mercedes junior driver. Um, he's like in their like junior program, like when he was going through, like, I guess like kind of like whatever, like, I don't know, minor leagues is not the correct I'm trying to like compare it to something, but I don't know what to. Anyway, he basically, he is seen as kind of, he's, he's an insanely good driver. And the Williams, like he, the Williams is a bad car. It's a horrible car. And he does like everything he can to make it not bad. Um, he's also outqualified his teammate in the two years he's been in Formula One. He's 36 and 0 on outqualifying his teammate. Um, and he also has scored zero points he's seen as like the future of like kind of motorsport in general like once lewis retires it's very likely that he will take his seat and continue mercedes dominance because he's a very talented driver and so instead of using the reserve driver which is stoffel von dorn who used to race in f1 they actually called up williams and were like can we borrow george 
So then George is racing at Bahrain part two and probably Abu Dhabi because I think they have, I don't think Lewis will be back by then. And Jack Aitken is the Williams reserve driver and he's racing for um, Williams. So there's that. I didn't even know that Lewis Hamilton tested positive for COVID. Really? Yeah, I don't know how I missed that, but. My dad got the like notification on his phone and he texted me and I was like, thanks. I also got that. <laughs> Should we go from car violence to All right. yeah. other from, violence? From one horrid, fiery crash to a horrid, fiery knockout. Just kidding, there's no fire involved. Jake Paul wishes there was fire involved, but boxing has made a renaissance comeback of sorts, you could say, um, thanks to the YouTubers. And that's coming from Mike Tyson, not us. <laughs> so there were two big fights on the weekend. The one that actually got talked about more, I feel like was not the <laughs> Mike Tyson boring fight that went eight rounds and was called a draw. But I legitimately was... did not know that happened. <laughs> yeah. Me neither. On the same night, but um, yeah, Jake Paul uh, took on Nate Robinson in a YouTuber's bout on pay-per-view, and um, Jake Paul knocked Nate Robinson the fuck out (laughs) cold, and yeah, that was what all the buzz was about. So um, yeah, boxing is normally a pay-per-view sport, and the pay-per-view era is completely dead, especially with the younger generation, as we know, because... Yeah, I just stream everything for free on my laptop illegally. I'm not paying for shit. <laughs> I'm paying for that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so yeah, Mike Tyson has accredited the YouTube boxers for getting boxing back in the spotlight. Like, honestly, in my lifetime, this is the most boxing has been talked about, I feel like, by like people on ESPN, even like Twitter, like other pro athletes are tuning in to watch these guys and commenting on it. We see on Twitter, Evander Kane and Logan Paul going back and forth. First it was tweets and then it was interviews. And now there's videos they're making at each other. The Evander Kane, like thirsting for Jake Paul that has now become thirsting for Logan Paul is like, I need hockey back so he can go to training camp and just stop. Like, just stop. Bro, go do your job. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why are you online? Trying to get Jake Paul to fight you. Yes, exactly. And honestly, that Logan Paul thing where he was like, who? So funny. Yeah. Not only that, but then he ends up in a fight with Ryan Reeves on Twitter about it. At which point he comes up with the super, super creative, never heard it before insult of referring to Ryan Reeves and his brother as the Reeves sisters, which is, you know, not at all misogynistic or sexist for a guy who is the founding member of the Hockey Diversity Alliance. That's loaded with females, right? Yeah. Yeah. So many females. Or women, sorry. That's my bad. So many no, women I thought on the that board. Was, I literally thought none. that was a men referring to women as females joke. I, you know <laughs> what? I, I, I meant it is, and then I said it, and I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. I went like bright red. I was like, oh, no. But like, um, really? That's, that's what you came up with? Was you referred to them as sisters and then I had the worst apology of all time it was like that wasn't my intent it's like okay well then why did you call them sisters like explain it to me what was the point of that if that wasn't your intent yeah come on I as you know like I fall down um rabbit holes of things very easily 
And I have probably seen at least a feature length films worth of YouTube videos that are just like, why Jake Paul is a sociopath. <laughs> like, I know so much about like his previous relationships. I don't care. But like, he has gone apparently because he had, he had his like little, I don't know if he still lives in it. His like little like teen 10 house where he like had his like weird parties that like the people would like call the cops on. <laughs> like his neighbors were so mad at him because he would like set mattresses on fire in his backyard and they hated him. Um, and now he's just moved on to boxing. I think that Logan Paul is the YouTuber who showed his like showed like a dead guy on like he went his... to that like oh. sacred bamboo yeah i think that's logan paul and then i think that yes, jake that paul is... is yeah his brother his brother who also is a vlogger yeah i know they're both vloggers and i just always would get them mixed up but then because of the boxing thing and jake that's kind of how i know jake more now yeah but i still like I couldn't tell them apart if they were both like in front of me, probably. Yeah, Jake Paul was like on a Disney show and then like, I mean, they both got famous off Vine and then he got on a Disney Channel show and then I think he got kicked off his Disney Channel show. But regardless, he's trying to fight NHLers. Actually, NHLers are really thirsty to fight him. Mm -hmm. He said he wants to fight Conor McGregor and it's like, I don't think that's going to work out for you. Well, bud, but okay. The other that's like how desperately the NHL wants to be relevant. Like they're willing to fight this like clown, this clown from Ohio. The other under undercovered chirp that happened in the Evander Kane Ryan Reeves back and forth, um, which like fairly the attention should have been on the misogynistic comments, but Ryan Reeves' comeback was incredible, and I don't know if that many people caught it, but he basically said that he, he was waiting. I think he said he was like waiting for an apology or something and then was like can you put it on a billboard maybe you still have the number which is a reference to when Evander Kane was dating model Mara Teigen and she dumped him at one point and the way he got her back was he bought a billboard with the photo of her modeling a swimsuit or like a bra or something on it with love Evander in like handwriting script across the bottom. And I just think it's incredible that Ryan Reeves remembered that moment and used that in a chirp. I mean if you're gonna Twitter. if you're gonna do something like that, yeah, you need a somebody needs to file that away to like yeah. pull it out to embarrass you later. I I found a photo of the billboard and we will tweet it from the account because it's incredible. That's some psychotic boyfriend shit right there. <laughs> psychotic ex-boyfriend shit yeah well she took him back to that and then was like oh he's like a nice guy i'm like that's totally why you don't is he though is he Uh, all of the like every single story about evander kane him like just like dining and dashing at some place obviously we're not gonna discuss the pain for abortion (laughs) please cut talking about that but he supports uh women's reproductive health i guess great funder of that <laughs> Peter kane pro-choice king the canes of the nhl are pro-choice oh no it's true <laughs> in general okay so on sunday 
uh, I basically had nothing to do. And I was like, I'm going to sit down, watch some sports, going to have a great day. I'm going to wake up at 8 a.m. to watch some cars go Zoom, uh, which I did. And it was great. And then I was like, okay, going to watch the Arsenal game. Boo, you should have watched Manchester United win first. Okay, I was busy watching cars. Anyway, regardless, trying to mind my own business, in the first five minutes of both these sporting events, I see witness a man die, um, which is not fun. Ruins my Sunday fun day. <laughs> um, yeah, some dude fractured his skull. It was oh, bad. It was Raul um, Jimenez, and he... Um... He's one of the Wolves' best players, actually, and he uh, fractured his skull to the point he needed surgery to repair it. And um, David Luiz, who is kind of, you could say he was not at fault, but, like, I'm not surprised that he was involved in this, knowing the history of that gunner. Anyways. Oh, my God. That's what you gunners are called. Yeah, but it was said pejoratively. (laughs) My, my only contribution to this discussion is that I really enjoyed watching George's reaction to the injury on the podcast Twitter account because she's on hiatus from Twitter. And we're like, you're not really on hiatus if you're still tweeting from the podcast account. It was relevant. It was, it was relevant. It was really well done. And I was happy to see her. They did cut Louise's uh, hair, which was a huge bummer. He has a great mane and they obviously had to cut it. I don't understand what like concussion protocol is though in in soccer because like he played not the re- entire rest of the game, but he played a lot of it. And he and was he like was leaking. Literally through, bleeding. Through a bandage. Yeah. yeah. His head was bandaged up with like a white bandage, like the whatever medical stuff, like all the way around like a few times. Like it was thickly around his forehead. And there's, yeah, red blood like dripping out of it through like the middle, just like down his nose. And he, yeah, they just let him play, which is weird because I'm pretty sure you can't play soccer when you have blood leaking out of you. Like you have to make it stop. Like, you can't you have even have blood on your jersey. Line. Yeah, like yeah. this This doesn't like- it's, it's, I guess it was covered. But... but it was like coming out of it. And then I was like running down his nose at one point and I was just, yeah. there's like pictures of it. Um, shout out to my friend Eddie who did text me and said that uh his bandage looked like the Arsenal's away jerseys which are marble they're like red and white marble um it really did it was an apt comparison Uh, and using the same concussion dudes as the NHL they they are and that takes us to the most important Arsenal story actually Mal please fill us in on your hero our Our boy our, yes. our boy Gunnersaurus, he's coming back. Um, he he got taken off furlough, and he's gonna be back in the stadium. Well, okay, so they he was just hanging out like while they didn't have fans, he was just hanging out for a while, which I think is really funny. But justifiably, they were like, "That is a waste of our money. We do not need to pay for this man to do this." But they're getting fans back, limited amount. Probably not safe. I wouldn't. Whatever. Two thousand. They said two thousand. Yeah, still not great, but no. They're the first. They're the first EPL team to allow it. But our boy Gunnersaurus, he's back. He's back in action. Gonna be getting his paychecks again. Working hard for that money. Get that bag, Gunner. All right. So here's even more some tough times. He has. So here's an even more exciting soccer story. 
So I don't know if you guys heard this amazing news story, but um, Artem Dzyuba probably pronounced that extremely wrong. Hell yeah, but um, he uh, got suspended from the Russian national team after he was caught on video masturbating in bed. So two Russian pilots decided to take to the sky and what did they do? They drew an outline of a penis and why? To show solidarity to their Russian captain. I have an actual question. What's the like backstory on this like video situation? Cause that's like, doesn't seem like a bad place to be found. Where did this, like what? Yeah, like I don't, like that was the thing I was like <laughs> Googling. That seems like the appropriate location. I think it's the fact the video got out and released. I don't know where or how. Yeah, okay. But we'll also uh, tweet a picture of the penis the pilots made in the air oh because- God, I thought you were gonna so say that we were gonna tweet the video and I was like, <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> no, I don't wanna see that myself. So I will not make you guys watch that in all fairness. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Uh. Good Not old like soccer. The, I, Foot, football, footy, the world's game. That's right, people. Haunted by his own fans and missed penalty. <laughs> well, apparently he's been uh, punished for similar things in the past. Various other mildly explicit videos. He, he got stripped of his captaincy. Ah! Um, okay. I do enjoy that we're just not going to talk about that HLCBA. And I genuinely... Oh, that's so crazy, what are you, what are you? What are we even going to say? Nothing. Gary's a dumbass. Yeah, like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, our comments on the NHL CBA situation is that the entire thing is stupid, and, and Gary's uh, a dumbass. And I don't think they. Gary's a dumbass. The PA is a dumbass. They should all just like fucking stop communicating with each other through the press and fucking have your expensive lawyers go and sort it out, which is what is going to happen anyway. So just shut up and leave us alone. It's not entertaining. No. It fucking sucks. What you was suck, entertaining Gary. was uh, Morgan Riley faving that tweet. That was. That was glorious. Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer received the Order of Canada, I think, like, earlier this week. And somebody on Twitter tweeted at him I, something to the effect of, like, I love you with all of my heart, but, like, you are... Oh, I say this with all the love in my heart. You are definitely dating up. And he liked it. And it was glorious. It was oh. glorious. I, I was referring to a different tweet when I was talking about the one he liked. So he, the one regarding the CBA, about the yeah, players giving up money. Yeah. Uh, let me see it. Because I screenshotted it because I knew he was going to unlike it. Uh, everything uh, lives forever. Liked by Morgan Riley. Gary, you just can't change. You can't just change the CBA, you little bitch. <laughs> so good. I love it. And the NBA is returning before the NHL on December 22nd. Uh, the Clippers will be at the Lakers and the Clippers get to watch the Lakers uh, raise their championship banner. So that's really fun to rub it in Kawhi and the Clippers face. And the Warriors are going to Brooklyn to take on the Nets. And um, one really crazy thing that happened today was uh, LeBron James signed a Supermax contract extension, which will take him with the Lakers through 2023. And his son, Bronny, he graduates high school and he could have the option to enter the NBA draft if the league and the MBPA change the high school to pro rule. So there is a potential possibly that LeBron and his son could play together. And that would be wild. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I like, I, I don't know if that's happened in the NBA before, to be honest with you, like it has in the NHL, but um, 
That would, yeah, especially in 2020, that's crazy. Our personal hero, icon, idol, everything, the glorious and wonderful, stunning Mina Kimes was called into action on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Celebrity Edition. Celebrity chef, uh, David Chang, he was the first celebrity to win a million dollars on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And the only reason why he was able to secure the bag was because he had to use his phone-a-friend lifeline. And <laughs> Mina Kimes was that call. So she was asked the question, although he and his wife never touched a light switch for fear of being shocked, who was the first president to have electricity in the White House? A, Ulysses S. Grant, B, Benjamin Harrison, C, Chester A. Arthur, or D, Andrew Johnson. So Mina on the phone, she, she was talking a lot actually, and she almost didn't get her answer in. And she said, actually, she was in the moment and thinking to herself, how confident are you? I was not confident at all. I remember I ruled out half of them immediately and said, well, it's probably this one. And then as soon as I said, Harrison, the phone cut off immediately. I probably would have kept talking and said, but I'm not sure. So then David Chang just rolled with what Mina said and it was right. So our queen secured a million dollars to the Southern Smokes Foundation, which is a crisis relief organization for workers in the food and beverage, the hospitality industry. So that is very amazing. And it was the biggest game show heat check in Asian American history. That's a quote from Pablo Torre. So yeah, shout out to Mina and all the Asians out there. Did they talk about how they know each other or no? Um, they uh, met before. Um, they have another friend too named Alan Yang. They're all actually in like a group chat together. So um, uh, Alan Yang was the guy I that sat in with him in studio for Celebrity. You get a person to sit in with you and that you can put the answers off of. And then yeah, Mina was at home. And she said what they do is they give you a call before and they're like, okay, we're going to call you between this time and this time. So she was just like, kind of like pacing around and waiting. And then the time it was getting like pretty late and she's like, okay, I guess he got knocked out. And then all of a sudden her phone rang and she kind of freaked out and was like, oh my God. These really are the days of our lives. You don't need that show. It was just a dumb soap opera. So this is what you all have been waiting for. Soap operas? Dun, dun, dun. Here we go. Paige and Army fucking hammer. Okay. <laughs> so we're also like not sure if that's true. Like, are we? So I want to talk about how how this came to my attention. Okay. Because I had no idea this was happening. Like, none. I basically, and like, I follow Paige on Instagram and it was like total surprise. Um, but Rachel Dory, friend of the pod, Rachel Dory texts us one day and it's it's like a screenshot of a twitter account that is dedicated to hating on army hammer okay to be clear i i did realize that after i i don't think we realized at the time that it was like an army hammer hate account which is hilarious like whoever runs it kind of needs to get a life but this person tweeted I love that Army Hammer took his girlfriend Paige Lorenz on a road trip again. I hope they'll introduce each other to their families for Thanksgiving. 
his daughter will have many more birthdays. His time with Paige is more special, which is like, there's like so much shade in there, but that was the first tweet I saw about it. So then I did a little bit of sleuthing as did Rachel. And there are other tweets. Somebody else tweeted, Cappy's ex page is now dating Army Hammer. And you know what, girl, I have no choice but to respect the hustle. And Paige being Paige, clearly name searching, liked the tweet. Um, I also don't actually know if that's true. Um, Army Hammer like has like such like divorced energy. Him dating like a like 23 year old who just moved to LA after she broke up with like her NHL player boyfriend. That seems like he's spiraling. It seems like he's having a midlife crisis. Um, and Army Hammer, like, honestly, the best thing he ever did was play the Winklevoss twins. And nothing else he's done is memorable. I agree. Yeah. Sometimes so, if I see he's in a movie and I'm, like, tempted to watch it, I will not watch it because I'm oh, like, oh. Also, one of the great things is Army Hammer having a mental breakdown and deleting his Twitter account after somebody said, why are we still trying to make Army Hammer happen or something? It was like, somebody was like, shouldn't like he be like a like movie star? And like, it was just like some like culture piece that was like, he's like been in all of these, like should have been blockbusters and he's like conventionally attractive and all this. He should be like a huge star, but he just isn't. And then he freaked out, has personal beef with this woman now, like has tweeted about her because he, he did delete his account and then came back. Um, he's kept this grudge. So so he has that in common with Paige. He has that in common with Paige. Just um, Twitter spiraling and then acting up on Twitter. Deactivating. <laughs> That's where they That's how they bonded. Um, but as for whether or not it's true, I actually do think it is true because apparently. They both have Finstas and they follow each other and all their friends follow their Finstas. That's the first thing. But the better thing is third episode in a row that I'm going to reference Airside Menace. But I think she was the one who had it. Paige on her YouTube account, because she's now a vlogger. Um, oh my God. Paige, I literally, her- I don't believe in hate watching things, but I do watch Paige's vlogs because they're so funny. But somebody was leaving snarky comments about Army Hammer on her YouTube videos. And she responded with essentially like, get a life, Elizabeth, or something as a reference. Oh, here, I have it. Okay. Somebody comment. So Paige, like, she is like part of a pyramid scheme and like um, posts pictures of herself looking hot on Instagram. So like she, and also vlogs. So what I'm saying is she doesn't have a job. Um, anyway so on one of like her vlogging things where she's just talking about bullshit in her like LA house or whatever anyway somebody commented basic and boring Jesus fucking Christ girl get a job um Paige responded I'm actually making more right now than I ever thought I would before I graduated but thanks for your concern jealousy is ugly um somebody said and then original poster said projecting much why would I be jealous of someone incapable of having an original thought? And yes, we all uh, know how YouTubers and Instagram models earn their money. Paige responded through bl- through brand collaboration. Elizabeth, go to bed. 
And then she responded, what the fuck? Do you think I'm your boyfriend's wife? Jesus, girl, he did a number on you. So I'm not... Paige has major, what is the Meredith from the Parent Trap? That is Paige. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is actually so true. That's incredible. Paige, if you want to tell your side of the story, please come on our podcast. Sorry, Paige. Paige, Paige. I'm a mess too. It's okay. We can please. be messes together. Paige, you have an open invitation to come on. Yeah. Anytime. Like, seriously. We're, we're I not swear, she, if we like, if we just posted, we talk about Paige. She would listen to the entire podcast waiting oh, for us to mention her. <laughs> Paige, 100%. come on. We'll be friends. Trust me. Yeah. I feel like it would be fun. <laughs> it would be fun. I feel like we It would be it. so much fun. I need it would some, be I need so some, much fun. Paige, I need some dating advice. I need help. My life is a mess. Fix it. Paige, getting, getting Paige on the podcast would be absolutely more of a flex than having Tyler Vaughn on. Oh my God. I need, oh, like, absolutely. I actually, okay, my new goal is to, like, I'll like I'll message her and be like um oh like I'm struggling with boys and all this like pitch like beauty and I need your help like please help make me over like all this bullshit like teach me how to be a hot girl please I need your help (laughs) she'll she'll be like oh I'll help you (laughs) like that's what she wants I bet she'll make it a fucking project that's my that's my goal just get her to come on to talk about beauty counter exactly link in bio (laughs) All right. An outrageous number of wags sell beauty counter. Like I, it's I don't understand. It's absurd. Yeah. So that is that is the scoop on Paige so far. I did have the funniest thing was when I retweeted the Army Hate account, and I didn't like type his name. I literally took a screenshot of it, so you couldn't be name searching. I had like eight private quote retweets within like 10 minutes couldn't see what they said and then I had a ton of replies from army hammer fans who were like you know that this like is a hate account who's dedicated to trashing him right and I was like guys I like first of all I don't know how you found this because none of you follow me and I didn't type his name so that's fucking weird but second of all my interest in army hammer is zero it's not non-zero it's literally zero my only interest in all of this is Paige that's it. So I don't care that it's an army hate account. Like it sucks, but he's like a huge celebrity and I'm pretty sure the broadcast in its four months has as many dedicated hate accounts as army hammer does. We're just here for Paige. Yeah. Not for army. I'm reading this hate account. It's so funny. It's a lot of effort. I just know army already introduced Paige to his kids via FaceTime uh, a fucking course because he hasn't seen the IRL in six months. I love you, Army Hammer. I hope you and your page aren't too sad about Trump losing the election. our name five players of the week so let's name five players who you think could knock out jake paul um i'm gonna go with tom wilson i was always tom wilson uh team tom wilson in the reeves versus wilson situation that was who i was gonna pick okay i'm so sorry Um, that's okay it was a good choice also i think a lot of 
people would pay to see Tom Wilson shirtless fighting Jake Paul. He's he's a handsome man. He is a handsome man. Um, also because, and for the rest of forever, and for the other people, they want to see him get punched. Yeah. And also, I think there's like a significant percentage of the population who would be very happy to see Taylor Pischke on the screen as well, because she's also so yeah. Tall. So it's like it's a win for everyone. That's really mm-hmm. Tom Wilson is the right answer here. But I would pick as my second choice. I would pick Zidane Ochara. That would be very funny. Because I a good think choice. you just like <laughs> the size differential would just be incredible. I would go with um, Derek Dorsett. It's because I like him. Former Canuck. I have a soft spot for him. And he was a great fighter. I like that one a lot. All right. I'm going to go to soccer. and I'm going to take Marcus Rashford. He's a short king. And he uh, he uh, gets uh, tips from boxing professionals like uh, Anthony Joshua. And he's trained with him before. And um, he is, yeah, also my 31 thought for the week because... Um, he is the first face of an underwear campaign for Nike, and he looks hot as fuck in his underwear. So we will post a picture of that for all of you to enjoy. So you can interact with us on Twitter. You know where to find us by now, but I'm at Danny Huntley. I'm at Samantha CP underscore. I'm at Sports Lesbian. And I'm at Vanessa J. We're on Instagram too. You can find us there. And uh, we're, we have an email. Allegedly it's- on Tumblr. <laughs> we're working on it next week will be our greatest episode ever i'm guaranteeing that this guest is even better than tyler mott yes we all agree it's unanimous um we are super excited and it's gonna be glorious it's not page no i I will tell you tell you guys that i did uh sneak into the bathroom to take the call to to get this guest because it was a really hectic day at work and the boardrooms were taken by the executives and I had to sneak right past them into the bathroom and have a call where it was echoing and... It was worth it. Yeah. So Pure Chaos this week, really good guest next week. Love you guys. Bye. 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 Bye.